Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by the universally annoying voice in our heads. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to The Engine. I've had a wingman for a long time. And this wingman, I can't say I've always enjoyed being around him. Because, honestly, there's no one that gets more input into my opinion of the things I'm doing than the little punk who's just sitting in the forefront of my brain. And and really for as long as I can remember, any decision-making process I've gone through, it's like that guy's there just telling me whatever I'm doing is a bad idea. And I think we all, naturally, I think we all experience this. And in athletics, it's really one of the things that that is hardest to overcome because you're confronted with this thing in such a raw and visceral way. I mean, when you're doing sports in any any serious way, you're dealing with a lot of physical pain. You're dealing with a lot of discomfort. You're dealing with a lot of things that was like, good Lord, ow, stop, right? And, and it's so easy to understand, ow, stop, right? It's so, it's so clear. It's so basic. It's so, again, it's very visceral. It's like, geez, ugh, that's terrible. And Overcoming that voice is, man, it's really one of those things that, that separates people from, you know, okay athletes or, or pretty good athletes from great athletes. They can just turn that off. They can, they can not listen. And you find this type of stuff when, when you're going through any kind of thing in a career as well. Right, you look at the the mass of work or the or the mountain you have to climb, and it could be in any profession. You want to be a doctor, right? And I was like, oh, I gotta go to undergrad, then you gotta go to medical school, then you have internship, then you have residency, and then you're a doctor. But now you're like in your 30s and you're hundreds of thousand dollars in debt, and the voice in your head, your wingman, right? Just like, don't do it. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. And and gosh, sometimes it's right. Oh. I don't even know what to say. There's no, there's no denying it, right? The things I put myself through on a regular basis, the endeavors I take on, my goals, they're not, they're not easy. And the voice inside my head always says, you know, terrible idea. And I've been, I've been able to, through a series of forced activities over the years, to really rein that bad boy in. Okay. So, I mean, I, I can make myself do things that, that as a younger person, I wasn't able to do. I can, I can force myself through difficult situations. This last year, I think has taught a lot of us, if, if nothing else, that our capacity to deal with stress is, is far greater than we thought. And that's not to say that we're the best people dealing with that stress. I wouldn't say that I was the best version of myself throughout this last year, but I will say that I did get through it in a way that I would not have anticipated, right? I, I got to levels of anxiety and stress and chaos in my house and my life and my, in my soul that were far, far more amped up than I could have anticipated I could deal with. And I dealt with them. I dealt with them, right? My, my, my family's still together. We're, we're okay. We're, we're healthy. We're getting vaccinated. We're getting to the end of it. And, and God bless it, man. What a, what a crazy thing. And I was driving down the street today thinking about how weird it would be if I ever actually met the dude whose voice is inside my head, right? Like if I was on my deathbed 
right? And all of a sudden, as, I, as I'm like passing into the next phase of whatever, if, if all of a sudden I met that guy, right? Like he just appeared. It was like a mat, you know, dressed up in very cautious clothing attire <laughs> that is now officially staring back at me. And he's like, hey, I've been waiting to meet you, right? And I was... I was kind of laughing at myself because it's such an absurd concept, right? Like meet the guy who's the voice inside your head. I'm like, I wonder if I would just beat the hell out of him for putting me through so much hell, you know, for giving me such a hard time, for making me doubt so much stuff in my life, right? Professionally and, and personally, athletically, you know, in my relationships, all, all of these things, right? This guy in my head has just always been like, mm, that's a bad idea. I don't think so, Matt, you should stop. I don't know why I made him have like a, a slightly English voice there. But anyway, I thought about that. But then I realized really quickly that if I could ask that voice inside my head, if I met that guy on my deathbed, Right. And all of a sudden he's standing in front of me. If I could actually ask him to try to understand, like, hey, what? Why did you say all those things? I realized as I was driving today, if I'm being honest, that guy would likely look back at me and say, because I care about you. And that that really gave me pause because I'm like, you know, that would be really fair. If that dude, the scared Matt, had a real voice and a real reason, he'd be like, look, I care about you. I don't want you to go through pain. I don't want you to risk what you have. Like, you have good things. And you kept trying to push your limits. You kept putting yourself through hell. I mean, I thought you were going to break your arm or break your back or you know, lose everything you had. I thought all of these things, every time you got in a fight, I was worried it was the end, you know, of, of your relationship with people, like all of these things. He, he was just really concerned and he was concerned obviously because he cares about me. And I've thought about that. I was like, damn it, man, that's actually really, really fair. How could I really be mad at somebody who was just concerned and about me, about my well-being, and wanted to shield me from the pains of the world. And that's, that's one of the biggest realizations I've had recently about parenting. Because that voice inside my head is the thing that cares about me. It doesn't want me to experience pain. It doesn't want me to suffer. It doesn't want me to risk things and make bad decisions. It also happens to be the number one thing that has kept me back from success my whole life. The desire to not push my limits, the desire to not risk, the desire to not feel pain or disappointment. Or it's like, what if it doesn't work out? Yes, what if it doesn't work out? That's fine. That's fine. How do I become a parent, right, or a leader of young people who I so dearly care about and really not want them to suffer, really not want them to risk too much, really not want them to experience loss and hardship and pain, and not be the greatest stumbling block to their own successes. I don't, I don't know how to do that. I think about my own kids, like, dude, do I want to be the voice in their head that holds them back, right? When they're on their deathbed, 
and 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 looking back at the thing that held them back, do they want to see me? No, they don't want to see me. But I also don't want them to be on their deathbed too soon <laughs> or ever. Man, what a weird thing. What a weird thing. And the only thing that gave me comfort is realizing that I wouldn't be mad at the voice that I met. I wouldn't be mad at the scared version of me. I'd appreciate him. I'd appreciate him. I'd just say like, hey, look, you, you really did care about me. And, and sometimes I feel like he was probably the only person who cared about me, right? And in a lot of my dark moments, that guy was like, look, you don't have to do this. And maybe he was right. You know, a lot of the things I've done in my life, I haven't had to do, but I wanted to do them. And I think the reason why I would be able to meet him and shake his hand and welcome him is because I have also gotten control of him. I have been able to overcome his recommendations towards caution, and I've been able to overcome his own anxieties. I've been able to get over it. And truthfully, I really hope that my boys that I'm raising can get over my cautions. I hope the boys that I'm raising into men can find their own way, can find their own courage, can find the capacity and, and strength of character to look at me when I'm trying to caution them against danger or hardship and just say, hey, look, this may not be the easiest road, but it's going to be my road. And you need to get behind me. And more than anything, I hope I have the strength of character to get behind them. We got to get over our anxieties. We got to get past our fears of what ifs. But we also have to remember that the things that are driving us towards caution are, are also the things that are most concerned about us. It's an odd duality. Man, well, we got to navigate it somehow. I'm Matt Todd, and this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it.